chapter 61. We were in Isaiah 61. And we have been going through it week by week. And we are still now in verse 3. This is week number 7, I believe. Something like that. 7 or 8. There's an intro plus 7 weeks. So we've been in this for 8 weeks. Uh, if you didn't hear last week's message, oh man, it was so awesome. Uh, my wife uh, brought the message on giving a beauty, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And uh, I can't even review that because there was so much in there. There was so much uh, depth that she went into. So you can listen to that online, lwfcmidland.org. Uh, you can search for my name in iTunes and find our our podcast, however you'd like to find that. I encourage you to, to check that out. But we've been going through step-by-step through Isaiah 61. So let me go ahead and just read the first three verses to kind of recap where we've been and see where we're going today. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to open the Word of God as we read it in Jesus' name. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. That's good stuff right there. You don't even need to preach much about that. It just sounds good, right? Just read the Sometimes those scriptures just, man, it's so powerful. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy or the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And this is the result here, this last part of this, this, this verse. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. So we're not there yet, but that's that's where this is all going. This is going so we are strong in righteousness. That we are we are like an oak tree. You know, an oak tree when it's all built up is is really strong, has has deep roots. It is it is it is there. It is firm, and so. We are a planting of the Lord. That's what's all going on. The Spirit of the Lord, the anointing. He's anointed us to bring good news. He's anointed us to bring healing to the broken heart. He's, an, he's anointed us so we could set free those who are imprisoned by unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and anger and, and deceit and addiction and anything that would imprison anybody in their life, discouragement, and, and open that prison door wide. Not just a little bit, not just so you can sneak out, that when he says open the doors there, it's like, boom. It's almost like ripping the door off. Open wide the prison doors. Uh, You know, we sang that old song, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. Hey, that's from Isaiah 61, just a reminder. Uh, It's from the probably from the 60s or 70s, right, Ronnie? I don't know. It was, it was probably written before I was born. Uh, maybe it came out in 76 when I was born. So today, last week, we looked at the crown of beauty that God does a great exchange for the ashes of your life, the brokenness in your life, the stuff that's been burned up in your life, and you're just left with dust. That he says, I'm going to give you a crown instead of that. 
that's a good deal, right? You know, deal or no deal, that show, you know, uh, where you get offered, you know, you've got to guess the numbers and you get the, you, you guess the numbers, right? Yeah. Okay, nobody watches. Good. You're not watching the satanic TV. That's good. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, you know, the guy says deal or no deal. He offers you money and you have to th- guess whether your little box that you have has, that has a number on it. Does your box have more money than what that guy's offering you? And so you don't know what's in your box. But here's the deal with God. The boxes are all open. He doesn't make you guess and say, hey, guess what, deal or no deal. And you're like, I don't know what I have to give up. No, he's like, no, you've got ashes. You have nothing. You've got dust. You've just got, you've got burned up stuff. And guess what? You can give me that, and I'm going to give you a crown. Deal or no deal. That's a good deal, right? Yeah, you take the deal. You take the deal on that. It's not a game show. This is life. This is real life. This is, this is the reality of the spirit realm, the, our relationship with God. And so we looked at that last week, and then it says the next exchange is for this, the oil of joy for mourning or the oil of gladness for mourning. Some translations will say that. Uh, gladness, joy, same thing, okay? Just whichever word you like better. I kind of like gladness, you know? I've, I think, like, I don't know if joy has been overused in church or something, but we don't use the word gladness very much. I don't use gladness for much of anything, so then I can just identify, okay, gladness, Jesus. He's the one that gives me that. He's the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that anoints me with that. And so the exchange here is, I'll give you the oil of joy or the oil of gladness for mourning, Now, here's the deal. In this life, we were never created to have mourning. You know, when when God created the earth, it was created in perfection. There was no sin. There was no death. There was no darkness. There was no sickness. uh, There was no hatred. There was going to be no murder. There was nothing. None of that stuff was there. And you know what? So our world was created where there was going to be no mourning. You You only mourn when you lose something. You know, when my mom was, was, uh, was killed by cancer eight years ago this October, eight years ago this October, that caused me to mourn, and rightfully so. When you lose something in your life, it is right for you to mourn. It is healthy for you to mourn. It is, it's not spiritual to just go... I'm just going to get over that and move on. That's, that's not spirituality. That's not maturity. That's not what God calls us to do. That's not faith. Some people in the past have, they've made faith into pretending. You know, we're just going to pretend that that's not there and just say the right thing because we know the right thing. Look, no, faith is not pretense. That's called, you know the word pretense? You know, when you're going to... You, you, You're going to presume something is going to happen? You know, it's like I'm presuming upon God. No, it's not about that. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And so God wants us to not pretend. He wants us to have faith. And so here's the deal. Because we have brokenness in this world, we have to mourn. We have to mourn. In Ecclesiastes, it actually says it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. Now, here's the deal. It doesn't mean you just don't stay there. You're not supposed to stay in the house of mourning. 
You're not supposed to live in the house of mourning. It's not like a permanent residence. You know, it's, 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 it's a thing you go, it's a house you go to for a time, and then you get what needs to be done in the mourning house, and then you step out of it. But we must be reminded that mourning is good, that mourning is healthy. When you lose someone you love, you should mourn. You should be broken inside. I mean, even Jesus, when Jesus came to his friend Lazarus in John chapter 11, it says they came to Jesus and said, Lazarus is dead. And it says right there that Jesus wept. That he began to just bawl. He lost it, so to speak. He was in mourning. Now, was Jesus in mourning without hope? No. Did Jesus know what he was going to do? Yes. Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, yet he still wept in that moment at the brokenness that death brought into our world. That the brokenness that sin brought into our world. That the brokenness that, that division brought into our world. The brokenness that hatred brought into our world. I've, I, I want to give credit to somebody else. I give credit to Pastor Charlie Krause because he's the one that told me like this. And I've never forgotten this, this sermon he preached in Cedar Park, Texas. He, in John chapter 11, he said, Jesus wept because it was never supposed to be this way. And so here's the deal. It's healthy for us to mourn because it was never supposed to be this way. So it's not bad to go to the place of mourning. That's what I want to set clear is just make sure that we understand that we're not trying to pretend. We're not trying to just shove something under the rug and just, just move on with life. You just got to gut it out. You just got to just be a man if you're a man. <clears throat> just be a man. Just get over it. You know, that is totally unbiblical. Just be a man and get over it. Give me a break. Actually, that's not being a man. Okay. <laughs> True men can mourn. True men can cry. True men feel. They're in touch with what's going on inside their emotions. It's not the same as a woman's emotions, I don't think. It doesn't look like it, okay? That finance thing that John was talking about earlier, um, you know, there's, we all know there's other differences too. But here's the deal. It doesn't mean that that part is not a part of who I am as a, as a man, as a created human being. And so when we're in those places of mourning, here's the deal, is we have a choice. Do I stay in the house of mourning or do I take the deal? You know, there's things in my life that I learned and experienced about God only after loss and mourning. You can only you, you 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 see a different picture of God. You get a different revelation of God. You know, if you've never lost somebody super close to you, you will. You will. It's the new reality on earth now. It wasn't supposed to be this way, but that's the new reality until the new heaven and the new earth. So you will lose somebody close to you, and you will be challenged with this thing called mourning. And you will have an opportunity to do it with Jesus or without him. And I'd sure rather go through 
hell with Jesus at my side and say, we're just going to go through this for a while and we're going to get healed up and I'm going to open the door and let you out and I'm going to pour out a bunch of joy on you. The oil of joy for mourning. The oil of gladness for mourning. Here's the deal. I no longer mourn my mom's death. Am I still sad? Yes. Sadness and mourning are not the same thing. It's natural to to think back and go, every once in a while, just, you know, look at my little girl and go, oh, my mom never got to meet her on earth. There's a little bit of sadness there. But there's not mourning anymore. There's not a weight. You know, mourning is like a is like a blanket that gets kind of like a thing that kind of surrounds you. And you have to just be there in that place and allow God to to bring healing into your heart, to bring to bring freedom in your heart, to bring get your mind straight. You know, it, it can take a while. It's not supposed to be a quick deal either. You know, the the deeper the loss, the longer the mourning period. But as you go through that, as you stay connected with Jesus, it's healthy. It's healthy if you stay connected to Jesus and other people, the body of Christ. If you seclude yourself, if you run away from God and other people, it's not healthy. It doesn't mean you open up to everybody, but you have somebody that you trust, that you know loves you, that you can walk through things with. And so you're with Jesus and you're with whoever those people are. Maybe it's just one person. But you're, you're with them, and he leads you through, and you begin to be healed. And then, like I said, there's a time when you step out of mourning. And so as my wife talked about last week, there's a time when, when God has to say, the mourning time is over. And you have to agree and say, okay, God, I'm ready to get out of this. And he says, guess what? I'm not just going to let you out and let you limp out of this house of mourning. <laughs> Like you don't have to just crawl out or just kind of drag yourself out with, with the ground. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something that's going to propel you out of this place. And that is the oil of gladness. You see, joy and gladness is not based on this place right here. Joy is based on that place up there, the heavenly realms, the kingdom of God that is manifesting itself on earth. And so, you know, it's interesting that um, Jesus is spoken of in a different time as having the oil of gladness. And we're going to go to Hebrews 1. Cooper, this one's up on the screen here that we can put up there. Oh, I like that. So... um, This is Hebrews 1 and verse 8, and it's quoting Psalm 45. So we're going to go a little bit into teaching here, a little bit of teaching time. But about the Son, he says, Hebrews 1 is all about Jesus, how he's greater than angels, how he's greater than Moses, how he's greater than all this other stuff. And so he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with what? The oil of joy. And so this whole passage, 
In fact, the whole book of Hebrews is basically Jesus 101 from the Jewish perspective. And so Jesus is the one that is anointed with the oil of joy. Now, we know, of course, that Jesus also quoted Isaiah 61. He didn't quote this part, but it was also true in Jesus' life that when Jesus was on earth, that he was anointed by the Spirit of God with an anointing of joy, with an anointing of gladness. And so when he stepped into a room, when he stepped into a place, guess what was released? Joy. Does that mean Jesus didn't grieve? No, we already saw. Jesus wept. But he was still full of joy because he was looking beyond what was now into what was beyond. He was looking beyond what his father had promised. He knew what he was going to do in the future, and he knew where everything was going. We have to believe that joy is greater than mourning. The oil of joy is greater than mourning. God always trades up. He doesn't trade. It's not equalness. Here's the deal. With the opposite of God is not Satan. You know, sometimes we think we kind of get like, it's like good and evil, and they're like this equal fight. It's not an equal fight. It's a total mismatch. I mean, this is like whatever the best team is in whatever sport. Name your own sport, okay? I don't want to even get into that. So whatever the best team is, it's like it's like that team. Let's say, what was the most recent thing that happened? The NBA championship? The World Cup. Okay, there's something I know nothing about. Um, <laughs> okay, so who won the World Cup? So France won the World Cup. U.S. didn't do it again. I, I knew he wouldn't. Um, <laughs> so France wins the World Cup. So here's the deal. Let's take France, the World Cup team, and we're going to bring them to Midland, Texas. Okay, we're going to bring them out to the soccer field right over here. Okay, and there's a bunch of five-year-old boys and girls. Okay, and we're going to have a soccer match. Okay, you call it a match, right? Match, match. Okay, it's not even a real sport. So, um, <laughs> of course, I am going to Honduras where football is. It's like, in fact, in all the other countries, it is the only sport. So. It's all of us in the United States who have it wrong, right? We're the, we're the wrong ones. So, I mean, that's, that's the matchup between God and Satan, okay? France's World Cup team against the five-year-old soccer team from Midland, Texas, okay? Who's going to win? I, I, got my, I, got my, I think France is going to take it. <laughs> you know, I mean, France could probably put one guy out there and beat as many little five-year-old boys and girls as we could throw on that field. That is the matchup between God himself and the devil. And so we have to make sure that we, whatever God is giving is greater than any destruction that has been brought by the enemy in our lives. When he brings destruction in our lives, he's going to do it. But here's the deal. I have faith that God can do greater for good than he did for harm. If you have to think of the World Cup, if that helps you, great. It's a championship team versus someone who doesn't even know how to play which direction to kick the ball. That's what the devil is. He's one who doesn't even know what direction to kick the ball. He's wandering around in circles. He has no chance. 
And here's the deal. Just a reminder, he already got beat. That Jesus won the victory on the cross over sin, over death, and over Satan. So there is, and hell, there is vic- victory in every area that we needed victory in. And so, so it's, it's right for God to say, look, guess what? I've got the oil of joy for mourning for you. You know, the early church... Uh, was full of joy. Acts 8 and verse 8 says this. It says, There was great joy in that city. All through Acts, there's different times where it says, this is the, just the result of, I just want to show you that this just isn't just Jesus. In the scriptures, all through Acts, it's talking about, hey, they were all filled with joy. There was the, the power of God that, you know, the city was filled with joy. Why was the city filled with joy? Because those who had the oil of joy had come to that city. In Acts chapter 8, it was actually Philip, who was supposed to be a, a, a server at table serving food, and who ended up doing amazing miracles and preaching and, and going all over Samaria and different places and seeing miraculous uh, happenings and God do amazing things and people get saved and uh, get transported you know, through different places on earth miraculously, I mean, amazing stuff. But he's the one that showed up. Why, why was joy released in that city? Because one who'd been anointed with the oil of joy had showed up. And we have that same opportunity as believers in Jesus. We're now the representatives of Jesus. We are the ones that are carrying out the ministry of Jesus. Jesus left and said, guess what? I'm gonna leave, but I'm going to leave you with something. I'm going to leave you with the oil of joy, the oil of gladness. You're going to have an anointing on your life where you can live in joy, where you can believe in joy, where you can breathe it, and you can also release it to somebody else. So joy is realized by three things that I I have for us today. Joy is realized in past, present, and future. Joy is realized, number one, in what God has already done. Okay? Forgiveness and faithfulness. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know what? It's... We have already been forgiven. If you're a believer in Jesus, you have already been forgiven of sin. The sin issue has been dealt with. It's been taken care of. You know, your standing with God is secure. It says that now, if you're a believer in Jesus, you are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. So when God the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus. I'm really glad about that. Because there's some pretty wrong things still with Pastor John. Just ask my wife or my kids or people that are my friends. I say things I shouldn't. I think things I shouldn't. I do things I shouldn't sometimes. But when the Father God, when I, when I come to Father God and I pray, he sees Jesus. That's incredible. <laughs> that causes joy. That causes, you know, that lifts my spirits. If I really believe and if I think about that, if I dwell upon that, when I come to Father God, he sees Jesus. Do you think he's going to answer Jesus' prayer? Hey, get some confidence when you're praying to God. He's not looking at you. He's looking at Jesus. 
So joy is from the past. There's also joy in the present over what God is doing right now. His presence is with me. I can experience him right now. I can, I can communicate with God right now. There is a, there is a present nowness to God that he is doing something right now in my life. Whether I'm aware of it or not, you can be totally asleep to it. You might be totally asleep right now. <laughs> it's okay. You're just resting in the peace, peaceful presence of God. You can be totally asleep to what God's doing, but God is working in your life right now. Just like my wife said, that's the faithfulness of God. It's not like God's like, okay, all right, good. You showed up to church today. That's good, man. I can now bless Daniel. I can now bless Guy. He came a little bit early today because he sang on the worship team. Oh, he sang on the worship team. Ooh, that's pretty special. Now I can bless Guy. Look, that's not how it works. God's faithfulness, his blessing is not even, it's not based upon my performance. If you think you're closer to God when you're doing everything right, you're wrong. You're not any closer to him. All my righteousness is like filthy rags. Even if I did it all right, it still doesn't match the level of Jesus. I need his level. I don't need my level. I can't present what I have. I've got, I can only present what's been given to me. And so there's joy in the present. If I dwell and remember, oh, God's with me. If I experience his presence, whether I'm praying, whether I'm worshiping, whether I'm gathering with the, the believers in Jesus where I experience his presence, whether I'm doing it on my own, whether I'm out in a store and I get scared because I sense God's presence because he's like, yep, I'm here too. <laughs> Been waiting for you to get here. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do something here. Let's see what's going on in this place that I'm doing. That causes... Joy and gladness in my life. We also have the future, what God will do. Second Corinthians 1, 18 through 20, says this, But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Christ, Jesus Christ, who's preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So what happens when the preacher gets to pick out the worship songs too? So that was not like a, that was just me going, yep, that lines up. So I know what I'm preaching. So we're just going to pick that song. And so here's the deal. All the promises of God are yes in Jesus Christ. Has God given you a promise? Has he personally given you a promise? Has he given you a scripture? Has he done anything in your life? Has he spoken to you? The only way that God says yes to that is through Jesus. If everything, you know, here's the deal. If anything in the Bible is not true, we, bet we, can, we might as well throw the whole thing in the trash. We're, we are wasting our time right now. If God is not who he says he is, if he's not going to do what he says he will do, we are wasting our time here. We might as well be doing whatever we want to do, whatever that is. But if God's word is true, 
then no matter where I am, I always have hope. I always have a reason to rejoice. I always have something beyond that I can look to. doesn't matter where I am. I can say, no, this is where I'm going. This is where the world is headed. You know, don't give in to the lie. Oh, man, the world's just going to hell. The world, everything's going bad. Guess what? No, it's not. God is at work all over the world. There are more people coming to Jesus right now in our world than ever in the history of all creation. Just because we don't see it in the United States doesn't mean it's not true. All over the world. And all of his promises are yes and amen in Jesus. And so that is the anointing of the oil of joy. That no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what my present reality on earth looks like, that I live in a greater present reality. The reality of the kingdom of God, the reality of of the identity, my standing with God, my righteousness in Christ, my standing with the Father. That God is with me, that Jesus promised, I will never leave you. I will be with you. Surely I will be with you until the end of the ages. In other words, how much time can you imagine? You know, my son has a book that we just read last night or the night before, my middle son. And uh, every time I talk about him, I heard this a preacher say this one time, every time they talk about their kids, they have to pay him a dollar, right? Or Five dollars. That's kind of steep. Okay, never mind. I'm not telling you that story. <laughs> so, he's, so anyway, it's, Kai has this book, and it's called How Big is a Million? Okay? And so children's books. So for those of you that don't have kids, just humor me, okay? Okay, you'll get used to children's books and read them every night. But So how big is a million? And it's the story of this penguin, little penguin who talks to his mom, a penguin, and says... You know, Mama, how big is a million? And they're, they're cooking 10 fish for breakfast, because that's what you eat when you're a penguin, is fish. And so it says, Mama, is, 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 10, is 10 close to a million? And she says, no, 10's not close to a million. So he's like, she's like, okay, we're going to eat breakfast. He's like, I've got to go figure out what a million is, though. So he goes out. And he finds the group of penguins, and they're all like huddled together outside in the snow. You know how, did you know penguins like huddle together to like keep warm? They get a big circle going, and then they rotate who's in the middle, you know, because it's warmest in the middle. Uh, for those of you that are cold natured, you're like, I'm in the middle, and I'm not moving out, right? Some of you are cold right now, some of you are hot, you know, it's that way every week in the church building. So, um, you know, there's a there's hundred penguins there. And he says, well, he says, how many of you are there? And... They say, there's a hundred of us, and I'm the warmest in the middle, the one in the middle says. And so he says, is a hundred close to a million? And they say, no, a hundred is not even close to a million. So then the penguin says, it's great to see you all. I'd love to huddle up with you, but I've got to go find a million. And so goes to the next spot, and it begins to snow, and he runs into a seal, I think. This is really, if I... You know, don't check me on the book, okay? Um, so he runs into another animal. I believe it's a seal. And it begins to snow. And the penguin says, it looks like there's a lot. How many snowflakes are there? And the, and the seal says, there's at least a 1,000 snowflakes right here, right now. 
And on the page, there's, there's snowflakes everywhere. Snowflakes everywhere. And so the baby penguin says, is a thousand close to a million? And the seal says, no, no, a thousand is not anywhere close to a million. And so the penguin is kind of like, the baby kid penguin is, is kind of sad because he's like, I didn't, I didn't find a million. So he comes back home. It's dinner time now. He's been wandering around all day. And his mama says, you know, how was your day? He said, well, I, only, I didn't find a million. And she says, hold on. I've got your million right outside. And so the mama penguin takes the baby outside. If I would have planned to say this, I would have brought the thing with me. Um, it's kind of on the spur of the moment here. And what you do is you, you open up. There's a huge poster at the end of the book. And you open up the poster, and it's about like this, this big. And there's all these dots all over the poster. And then there's some that look like stars. And the idea is this. Look up there. There's your million. And there's a million dots. I haven't counted them yet. I'm, I'm pretty sure they put at least a million dots on this poster that, that are the stars. You know, God's promises and his faithfulness, it's like finding the million. You find out it's like, no, it's not just this. No, it's not just this. Is this close to that? No, it's not close to that. No, how about this? No, there's more promises. There's, no, there's more in God. There's, there's more, there's more, there's more. Let me show you. Look at all the stars. That gives you an idea of what God's faithfulness is like. That gives you an idea of, of where we're going. How many stars are there? Can you count? Of course, we know there's more than a million stars. We know there's billions upon billions upon billions of stars in our galaxy. And then our galaxy is one of millions and millions of galaxies that have billions and billions of stars. That's who we're talking to, is the one who said, there it is. Stars. That's the one you're trusting when you believe the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. That makes me pretty happy. <laughs> that lifts me out of mourning. That frees me from depression. That takes me to a new place where I can live in the joy of the Lord. So let's stand and close. Father, we just thank you for this time to be in your presence this morning. We thank you that you have answered our prayers. We thank you that you have heard our our cries. And we thank you that we can just rest in your promises. We thank you, Lord, that we're not working for it. We're not trying to be better. We're not trying to earn any of this, Lord. We just have to say yes. We just have to receive. And so right now we choose to receive the oil of joy for mourning. Lord, any of us who are just in that time of mourning and God's saying it's time to get out right now, we just declare door open up. House of mourning, we're coming out right now and we're going to be full of joy. We're going to have something supernatural. It won't make sense in our heads. It's not something we can figure out, but it's like looking at the stars in the sky. It's like, I know it's there. I can't count it all. I can't explain it. I can't even understand it sometimes, but I know it's true. Lord, you've got more than a million reasons 
that we can worship you for. There's more than a million reasons we could thank you for your faithfulness. And so we honor you today, and we thank you for releasing the oil of joy, the oil of gladness, Lord, the anointing to live beyond this earth, to live in a place greater than where we are at, to have something and someone upon our lives that can overcome anything that we face. doesn't matter how dark our world gets. Lord, that we have you with us and we're on a mission to release joy into our city. God, we pray for Midland to not be a miserly, greedy uh, town that just is focused on money, God, that we can rejoice in you. We can rejoice in the truth of who you are. God, we thank you that as we travel to another city and another village this week in Honduras, God, we want to see great joy released there because we are carrying the anointing of the oil of joy, that we can release joy in these children's lives that you have appointed us to go reach, God, and we thank you for that. No matter where we go, Lord, when we go to our workplace, It may be the saddest place. It may be the most most dark place we've ever been to, but we are not under that roof. We are under the roof of the kingdom of heaven. And so we thank you, Lord, that we will live under your roof. We will live under your atmosphere. We will live under your anointing. We will live under your will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you still need prayer for something, please come on up. We'd love to pray with you. Be blessed. And remember, Wednesday night, don't come here. We won't be here, we'll be at the pool, so... You're